Uh, all right, everybody, we're going to get serious here. Um, we just witnessed something pretty tragic happen. Um, so before we get into the podcast, we're just going to talk a little bit about a, about a really, really horrible thing that just happened. And it happens really every year, and it's, it's just called choking. And every year we witness at least one out of every 12 teams chokes when they, when they win the regular season and then lose in the first round of the playoffs. And it's truly devastating. So if you can reach out to anybody you know that's affected by such a horrible tragedy, just please make sure you do. Make sure everything's okay. Make sure they, you know, they're still going strong. Uh, and we can't wait until they choke again next year. Um, we're, we're really reaching out here for your donations, for your assistance. We've set up a hotline that you can contact. It's um, 1-800-E-R-A-N-S-U-X. So uh, please, uh, if you feel compelled, text um, I want to help. That's two with a two, not a T-O, uh, to E-R-A-N-S-U-X. We'll take All a right, moment of silence for this yeah. team and everything that they've done wrong. You got to be home for Thanksgiving. I can't I believe it. I know where I'm going to be on Thanksgiving. I just wonder where those turkeys are going to be for Thanksgiving. I have a feeling. I know. Kevin Barlow. Well, John, for years at CBS and Fox, it became a tradition, the turkey leg and all of that. And, and you brought to the the uh, knowledge of America the turducken. And so our friends at the Four Seasons cooked you a turducken. Oh, there it is. That is. I think it's a turducken. It is a turducken. But I got to show you how to. Oh, oh, I, I, I can't show you. I need fresh turducken. I'm going to have crazy turducken. But anyway, anyway, here's how you slice it. See, a lot of people don't know. You have to slice it down the middle. See, and then you slice it across this way. Because what it is, it's a it's a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned duck, stuffed in a deboned turkey with dressing between the chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down that way, you go turkey, dressing, duck, dressing, chicken. You know, one of the great things about your coming over here is I'm able to ask you all of these questions because for a lot of years I thought a turducken was some sort of a, you know, a foul crossbreed, but it's not. Well, it's just I mean, three I different mean, things. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it's, it's really five different things. It's a, it's a chicken, a duck, a turkey, and two kinds of dressings. That turducken that he had on his plate that the fan made him actually looked really gross. Yeah, no, turducken is gross. It's, like, unnatural. It's, it's... I don't know that it's it's unnecessary. Well, I guess it's, no, it's no turkey, but it is it is turkey. Yeah, I don't know that I would try it. I, I mean, I would try a turducken once. It's not something I would ever think to cook. But I would listen to John Madden describe how to cut a turducken over and over again. And for those of you who who do not know of this clip or have or and obviously you couldn't see it, he actually uses the little pen that he he does to like highlight plays to show exactly where on the turducken to cut. So have we talked about the turducken on this podcast recently or, or we have has it just been we have no, talked about the turducken. We, have. we probably have yeah but like that's one of the most memorable John Madden clips that I have. I think we're gonna play one at the end too. That's a little bit longer but I didn't want to do too long in the intro here. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I I feel like I would prefer a turducken if you took just like fillets of the meat and rolled it up into something that was like a like a rolled turducken like instead of like stuffing entire birds into butts of other birds. Well, you know? it's it's yeah, I mean, it's a it's a 
turkey stuffed in a chicken. No, it's a duck stuffed in a chicken it's stuffed a, in a, a duck turkey. Stuffed in a chicken stuffed in a turkey. turkey. Yeah, with dressing in in between each layer. Obviously, that I learned today. Just For those of you like that this. aren't from the south, dressing is stuffing. Yeah. Just think of the size of the birds. Like a, a duck is typically smaller than you know a chicken, which is typically smaller than a turkey. What if you boom? Tough acting, tin acting. <laughs> John Madden. We are, in we are, yeah. There's gonna be a lot of John Madden joined by uh, from heaven, the greatest football announcer of all time, John Madden. So that, as that is a big loss. I, I mean, like you, you can't think of football without thinking of Madden's name. And I don't know if there's any other sport that is like that. I guess basketball and Michael Jordan's probably the closest. I, I think it's pretty crazy that they had just released that um, like whole like bio documentary on him. Yeah. I watched like, it like it's literally really yesterday. Good. It's really good. Um, yeah, and then he died like the day after. That's crazy. Yeah, because that he, wasn't because like he's about to die. We got to do this, or maybe it was. Well, it was it was sad. natural causes, so that, or, and it's like unexpected. So yeah, he just he, I mean, he I mean, he's career, he was obviously. super big his whole life, and then got old. So I imagine his old. Health system I didn't watch the thing yet, but he looked. He looked yeah, old in those commercials. He hasn't. He has not been doing so hot. Every time he's made an appearance, he's looked pretty bad. Well, they, he's eating all those turduckins. Yeah, that's they exactly showed, why. They showed a clip of him, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he started coaching," and like showed him in footage when he was coaching. He must have looked like he was 50, 55. And they're like, "This is him at age thirty-two, one of the youngest coaches." And I was like, "That guy looks twenty years older than he is." When it's he was unreal, when he was drafted to the Eagles, he looked like he was fifty already. Yeah, I should. Nuts. He's <laughs> not a twenty-one-year-old man. <laughs> That's a forty-year-old. He That's was twenty on their way out. He's twenty-three in that picture. That's someone who's made the Pro Bowl six times and is only banged because he needs to play because he needs the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right, so welcome to the championship edition of Kickers Are and Everything. We will have this episode and then an episode next week to wrap up the season, and then we are taking a well-needed break from you assholes, uh, even though there's only like three or four of you who listen this year, and fuck all of you who don't, and I know you all can hear me because you don't listen. Um, but yeah, we had an exciting playoffs filled with uh, pretty much the expected from Aaron choking uh, the the expected from a much higher scoring side uh, between Shanefield and Schneider. Uh, loser of that would have beaten both of the other teams. Although we'll get into what we'll get into the 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 real the reality of the final score of the Aaron and my matchup. Um, we are joined, as you've heard, by Shanefield here, um, and we don't have any other guests because myself, the commissioner, will be the opponent in the championship game, as we all predicted. With my lowest scoring, lowest points scored in the league this year, um, we we called you as the number six seed when we ranked the playoffs, right? Five, five. Polani you're number five seed. Polani was the six seed. Well, okay, yeah. well that one was right then. I think we got it right because we said it was Shanefeld and then Dylan and or Shanefeld, Dylan, you, and you and Dylan yeah, were close. No, Dylan was close to beat me. Yeah, you and Dylan were close, and then we called it Aaron, me. And Volani in that order, and Aaron and me were close, and Volani was not close. 
at all. He lost no, by 20. I scored like was, 85 points and, he's, and he lost by 20. So we yeah, nailed I mean, that's the story of your season, but we'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> um, so, let's, so let's start here by recapping quickly what happened last week. And since we have you two on, we can start with you guys. Um, Shane Feld takes down. I'll hold up. I, pulled the, I had it open. My phone. I'm getting a new phone because this one keeps crashing on me. Boom, tough acting, tenactin. That was a perfect, perfect, perfect <laughs> timing for that. All right. Uh, hooked on Stephonics, Matthew Shanefeld takes down the period eaters, Jacob Schneider. And I am very sad about the outcome of this with the sole reason that it is, it is the last time we will ever say the period eaters on this podcast, as he will no longer be relevant and he will not have his name enshrined on the trophy as the period eaters. But Otherwise, I'm actually most happy about that. I'm the least upset <laughs> about that of all that's what's going on. That actually, I didn't think about that, and it makes me the happiest. <laughs> I'm glad I can bring some joy into your, into your sad loss here. You lost by 32 points in the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, hooked on Stephonics gets an absolutely unfucking believable day from Joe Burrow um, after after what looked like Aaron Rodgers was going to have that day after the first half. And then Rodgers just didn't do anything after that. Um, good game from Stefan Diggs and Deontay Johnson, both in the double digits, 18 from Diggs, Najee with a okay game. You want a little bit more from that. James Robinson, obviously tore his ACL, uh, in like the first play of the game. So with one point, Dallas Goddard. So, so, so as upsetting as it is that it, it happened because of an injury, Jonathan Taylor was only about four points away from outscoring both of those running backs. I know that's kind of crazy, <laughs> but so it wasn't fairness, the worst call in the world. It wasn't, but Jonathan Taylor scored ten points. I mean, that was not what you both meant. Of those. He was that real close to scoring both of those running backs. It doesn't matter what I meant; it matters what I said. And then, you, but it was score on. If you would have told me three weeks ago that Ronald Jones would outscore Jonathan Taylor in the semifinal match of the playoffs by almost five points, I would have been, you would have been joking, you know? I, I would have put you as the number six seed in the playoffs because you clearly don't understand how football works. Mm -hmm. But in fact, Ronald Jones, 15.1, and my kicker, I know they ruin everything, 11.1. Your kickers cancel each other out. We're not talking about it. But then just, you know, just a, a curb stomp of a Monday night to you, insult to injury, Miami defense putting up, 25 points just to just to twist the knife at the end of it to say you know what schneider this is not just a close game this is not just a win by me this is a fucking blowout my man 32 points and what is supposed to be you know your shining moment of the playoffs coming in red hot my man dude you got you got i wish i had a cigar right now i do the Joe burrow ah like just you just got stomped man you're done. Oh, now, now you, you would do the Joe Burrow because now yeah. he's finally relevant to your team. He's finally scored more than 20 points, and you're like, no, this is my hero. This is my hero. Yeah, well, you know, loser, loser. Uh, this was a bitter rivalry match. Uh, I, I know that. We went one for one in this season, and I want to remind everyone how horribly you flopped the second time that we played each other, so let's never forget that. I'll never forget that. Uh, but at the end of the day, Joe Burrow and the Miami defense really came through for you. And uh, you, you got the win here. You got the win here. So congratulations to you, Matthew Shanfeld. Uh, I cannot wait for karma and voodoo to catch up to you so fast 
for Carnegie, the lowest scoring team yeah, okay. in league history, to beat you. Uh, and then for you, league oh, history, lose. league history, the lowest scoring <laughs> team in league history. I don't need to look it up. I just know uh, to beat you in the, in the finals and then have you go in 12 all next season. 12. See, that's that's the thing. You have to, this is the curse that's now been placed upon you. I hope it's been <laughs> worth it. You have to speculate and have voodoo dolls and whatever you want to call it when you lose that badly. That's the thing. Like you have to be like the worst losing team because I don't have stats to back up my terrible performance. You know, like that's what that's where we're at this point. You can speculate all you want, but have fun playing for your money back in the third round. My curse is the strongest sure trend we've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for you to make it not a short trend anymore. <laughs> All right. Congratulations to Shanefeld on beating Schneider. Uh, Schneider, you suck. We told you not to trust Hunter Renfro and Van Jefferson, and look what happened. Hunter yeah. Renfro was okay, but Van Jefferson let me down. Yeah, well, yeah, we told you. Um, and all that I want to It is true though. Like how many? Uh, yes. How many? <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting all this time by your, your avid li- one listener to see when this coonskin cap was going to come out in the video, and then to Schneider to transition into a coonskin cap for those that can't see out of the break. That was masterfully done. I got to give it to you. Then your team sucks, but that was a great transition. I didn't know we were doing that this week. I thought we were holding that for next season. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, I didn't know if we were going to do it either, but I had a really great opportunity to buy a coonskin cap the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I needed to do it. I am. I'm picturing you getting really being with your family and getting and seeing this this shitty ass coonskin hat that that looks more like a like a Orthodox Jewish hat with a tail than it does a coonskin hat from here because it's a little too small for your head, and it's... and getting really excited about it. And your family going, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, it was actually Kevin, and we bought it at Bucky's. Oh, right. The, oh, the right. gas station mecha truck go. stop yeah. uh, in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so, it, it, you know, I deserve it. So yeah. I felt like I needed to wear it. We're going to, we can tease our, our new segment next year, which will be the Coonskin of the Week. We might need to rename cap of the week. <laughs> we might need to rename it. I was gonna say that's not we'll that, that name should not stick. Ca- coonskin cap of the week works. Coonskin cap of the week. What is it? We don't know, and you'll have to wait about a year to find out because we have no idea. But it's gonna be funny, uh, and Schneider's gonna wear the coonskin hat every time we we talk about it. Another uh, great visual gag for our podcast. Yes. Well, we'll post pictures of it. Every time, maybe that should be the, maybe that should be how we we pick the games. Is we we put a coonskin for each us, like a picture of you, me, and Dylan in a coonskin, and like whoever we pick, we put a, the headshot on their logo. Like like a um, like a college game day situation, but with a yeah, yeah, coonskin yeah. cap. Yeah, like we put the two logos on a screenshot, and then there's we have like saved cutouts of me and you with coonskin's hat coonskin oh we did hat. we did talking about doing something with the graphics like yeah but not everybody it, so made not a, just like the anchor background not everybody made a logo we needed everybody to make a logo so did oh we asked and people didn't do it right yeah well we have some people who mm, don't actually you know who you are we have some people who don't actually pay attention to this podcast or this league um so much How so we ever communicate with them we should probably move on though because we've been talking about nothing for the last five minutes um 
This is and, what people want to hear. It is. Uh, and, and let's talk about what people really want to hear about, which is first-seeded Yahoo points leader for one more week. Uh, gets taken down again in these in these semifinals for what must be the third or fourth year in a row. Um, certainly, certainly came in first three years at three of the last four years and has not once made a finals appearance. Just absolutely pathetic. Putting up ninety three points and losing by ten to combine participant and myself, who had. A, I'd say a respectable week. Nothing like amazing, but good enough, especially when you look at my bench and how many mistakes I made. But, you know, getting just enough from Hertz, Ayuk, and Smith all between 12 and 16 points. Madison has always been a good handcuff to Cook with about four, with 14 points. Jamal Williams uh, was kind of a panic start uh, for Detroit and got seven points. Hertz with a nice uh, nine points. Javante with basically just falling face first into a touchdown, and that's it. Getting nine, and then Kansas City, uh, who I switched at the last second with Seattle, and that ended up being the reason I won because they outscored Seattle by by eleven points. So, um, average game, nothing amazing, nothing, no big big numbers here. Um, it's what you'd expect from any team during the regular season, but not what you would expect a team to put up in a semifinal match. The real story here is when you look at my bench. And you see I had 21.5 in St. Brown, 31 from Prescott, and 19 from Rashad Penny. And I made every single incorrect move here, and I still lost, or I still beat him. So, like, the opportunity was there. I easily could have been the highest scoring team this week, and I did everything wrong, and Aaron still lost by 10 points. Yeah, overall, I think think overall, Carnegie, you had a good week with some tough decisions, but on the other side of the coin, like – Aaron's team just did not show up. I don't know if it was a lack of a pep talk by Aaron himself or the confidence um, or bad decision-making on his bench, probably the bad decision-making on his part, um, you know, since he blew it. But I think overall, like you had an average week. He had a less than average week when it came down to it. I appreciate just, the mind games that went into Noah Fant versus Mike Gusecki, and he technically chose right at Noah Fant who outscored Mike Gusecki by a whopping 0.7 points. It's just like wasn't a big week for superstar players. Uh, and that showed in both matchups, quite honestly. Um, wow. Here, it really hurt him with Cooper Cup uh, only getting 16 points. Aaron Jones only getting 11 points. Um, Odell, who is the most elite wide receiver there is, only putting up 11.7. <laughs> uh, it, it just wasn't enough. The team folded. The team folded in a critical moment. Well, we said, we said Aaron's crutch was always going to be – um, the Rams and putting so much into the Rams, he did have to he did have to sit Henderson, which you know originally was three, and Henderson lost the job to Sony Michelle, um, so he had to start Pollard, which ended up being the right call, albeit you know for like an extra like four points. But um, it just, came down to Cooper Cup not getting a touchdown. Yeah, I mean Cup Cup that, and that one play, that one touchdown play that Cooper Cup could have caught would have been the swing in this game. It's the it's fun, well it's funny because the Rams put up thirty points so you would think you know big offensive day and Odell really didn't do anything outside of his touchdown and Cup didn't get a touchdown so they kind of like I mean you, you look at what the Cowboys did this past week too they scored fifty six points and no maybe Zeke scored two touchdowns and that was it everyone else yeah, got one Tony, Tony Pollard did Tony Pollard had six points when the when the Cowboys scored fifty six points he he was the only back in the second half of the game. Well, yeah, him and Corey Clement. And they just kept throwing it. They kept throwing it. <laughs> they kept they throwing, throwing it. it. They kept throwing it. Um, 
Yeah, so not not good for me around. Uh, again, we are taking donations. Uh, the number was 1-800-E-R-A-N-S-U-X um, if you want to donate to a good cause and, and help try and prevent choking in the future. Not a good Make cause, sure but a cause that needs you. <laughs> so Loser. Loser. let us now transition into a brief discussion about how the two teams meeting in the finals got here and we have two very 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 different paths so let's uh we should start with shanefeld i think right boom tough actin tenactin boom sponsored by a tough actin tenactin they still sell tough actin tenactin i have no clue it's, it seems like something is, that it's like a foot cool. spray right yeah it was it was a uh, athlete's foot spray yeah yeah athlete's foot spray. tough actin tenactin let's see uh it doesn't it so is not still it, sold it's not still sold no. So, oh, it is still sold. Tenactin. Can you get it on Amazon Prime in time on. for this podcast to end? Uh, yes. Same hour delivery? Order it right now. If I was Kevin and in Chicago, I could because I'm pretty sure he lives next to a, uh, uh, Amazon DC. Kevin lives in Charlotte. Well, I'm talking about where he grew up. Oh. Well, um, Schoenfeld season this year uh, is one of, of – I would call it above average consistently. Uh, this is a team that never scored, I think, less than 100 points, but also maybe twice, including the playoffs, broke 130. It's a team that uh, found their floor every single week, uh, never quite hit their ceiling, but that's the kind of consistency that you want to get you to uh, the finals in a fantasy season, right? So many teams have floppy weeks, and if you can just consistently be putting up 110 to 120 points, you're going to win way more games than not. Uh, and it showed through in the playoffs. Um, this past week in the playoffs, actually, was it the highest scoring week this year? Or I think it was the second highest scoring week this year, this year that you had. But you found the ceiling at the right time. Uh, and it was a team that, that just kind of shuffled around points. Everyone was consistently getting 15 to 20. Uh, and it, above average, not stellar any particular week, not terrible any particular week, but consistently above average. And it, it, it panned out well. Yeah, I'd have to say for my own team, like I think you guys have mentioned on the podcast before, especially when the playoffs first started, that balance is kind of what I was going for. You know, I may not have the number one in every position, but I think that I have maybe top 10, two of the top 10 in each of the positions. If you look at, you know, season wide aggregate between running back, between, you know, for both of my running backs, which James Robinson going down is kind of a blow, but Overall, if you look at Najee and you look at Eckler, top 10 in running backs probably. If you look at Diggs and Najee, uh, excuse me, Diggs and Deontay Johnson, maybe there's an argument there, but Hopkins going down, you think that's top 10 talent. Um, tight end, it's weird because there's like three tight ends, four tight ends, and then there's everybody else. But Goddard and Schultz have been top 10 over the year as well. So I think balance is kind of what I've strived for. Um, and as you mentioned, Schneider, it's, it's really come down to no one's going to win you the week every week, but everybody's going to consistently get you the points that you need. And it just adds up, you know, and, and I, I think I started building it during the draft with picking, you know, digs in the fourth and Eckler in the third, those are my two keepers. And then, you know, from there, just drafting around and getting lucky, honestly, with Travis Etienne going down and Robinson stepping into that role throughout the year. So Look, you know, not that I expected to be here, but I was pushing to make sure that I, I made at least the playoffs. 
James Robinson wasn't a keeper in our league? No, he wasn't because um, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, because well, with the whole he was ETN. a late pickup in the season last year, wasn't he? No, he was. He broke out like in, the, in like week two or three, and he got traded. He actually might have broken out in week one. I definitely thought he was a keeper because well, seven. Whatever. Um, yeah. So when we when we went into the playoffs, I think we said, you know, this is the team to beat because at every position they're going to compete, much like Shanefeld just said. And I think the funny thing is Russell Wilson getting hurt might have been an absolute blessing in disguise in the, in the view of the season because Russell Wilson looks absolutely terrible. Uh, I saw a stat that said what, Russell Wilson's highest QB finish for a week this season is QB eight. Uh, and when you spend a fifth round pick on a QB, you hope you hope for a, much more than that. But uh, Burrow's been good, you know, if not inconsistent, but when he's on, he's on. Um, and and he's uh, fine. This has been the breakout week, but he's he's been ad- he's been adequate. He's been at yeah, 18, he's fine. 19 points every single he's, week. Right. He's he's his fantasy season this year pre- reminds me a lot of what Philip Rivers has been his whole career. It's like he gets you what you need. Every week, yeah. he's but he very and and every now and then he blows up, but like he's gonna get, he's not gonna be like five points one week. Um, but yeah, so that's that's Shane Feld's path uh, with a strong balanced draft uh, and just high performance all season, and then his opponent combine participant aptly named because five weeks through the season was competing for last place uh, after putting up like back-to-back 80-point weeks early on. This might be the only team in Fantasy League history to score below 50, or below 60 points two different times this week um, and or this season and still make the championship. Um, I have always been running back heavy. It's always been my strategy. It always will be my strategy, and I, ultimately I believe it's what carried me into this position because – uh, the combination of Cook and Madison has been a top five RB, either you know, based on whoever starts every week. And then Swift has been really, really good when he plays. Javante Williams, when Melvin Gordon plays, is the number one running back in fantasy, I believe. Um, and then he's been consistently 10 to 15 points every week also with that. So with those three running backs, I've always said I'd put them against every group, every running back group in the league. And it's just been some management on my side from the receivers uh, I traded my I, with the abundance of running backs I had early. I traded away uh, Michael Carter and Elijah Mitchell and brought back Brandon Ayuk um, and and Jamal Williams, who started from this week. Oh, they shouldn't have. But Brandon Ayuk has been the stabilizing force uh, for my wide receiver group that it was just really really bad to start. But I didn't I didn't need much from those wide receivers. He gets me ten to fifteen points every week um, for the most part. And that's all I need. And a, and a late pickup of Amon Ross St. Brown looks really good now. Uh, Devontae Smith has had some really boom boom weeks, although he's had some bad weeks. Hollywood Brown, when I first traded him, uh, Melvin Gordon for him, you know, he he was wide receiver one three weeks in a row, it felt like. So I, I've just kind of band-aided my, my wide receivers all year. Um, and then I, you know, at tight end with Ertz, you know, picked Ertz up and then dropped him. And then literally 10 minutes after I dropped him, he traded him. So I had to put free agency money back to get him back on my team. But that was $8 well spent. So kind of. So, uh, I mean, the, the tone that, that you've taken when describing what's happened with your team this season really does a good job in describing what this team was. I would say so. At, at best, everyone was average. 
Um, Jalen Hurts for a while was running as the top quarterback, uh, as but you know his performance on the field kind of canceled out his performance on, on the fantasy roster, which was unfortunate. Yeah, as he got as better, he got, better, he got worse on your team. Yep. Um, but really, like no one, no one stands out. There are no weeks that really this team hit their ceiling at any point. Um, the one time I scored above one thirty, I lost. Incredible. Um, but this, this team to me is the poster child of what fantasy football is. You can put up the most points every week. You could put up the least points every week, but what it really comes down to is what the team on the other side of the field does. The one thing that you cannot control pretty much decides your entire fate. There are so many teams this season, um, that have put up crazy numbers that have still lost. There are one team in particular that are actually a couple teams. That have been terrible. Carnegie is a team that comes to mind. Chad is a team that comes to mind um, that just put up bad numbers every week and and get the wins that they need. So um, I feel really good about this team, not because there's any one player that I would pick that's like, all right, this team really has it put together. But the universe just seems to be on their side this season. And that's the best thing that you can have going for you in fantasy football. What I think the the defining point of the season was, as you mentioned, Carnegie, like – for probably the first third of the season, you were in contention for the punishment. And then you started kind of putting together a win here, a loss there, a win here, a loss there, whatever. But then whenever you picked up Ertz and dropped him and then re-picked him up, I think that was the defining point of your season in which you started to put things together. You started to have, obviously, Dalvin Cook went out for a little bit. You've had Madison. You had Ayuk back. You had Devonta Smith in your lineup. You had Swift go out, but... Williams go in, you know, I think you had just enough pieces to kind of get it going and gain a little bit of momentum. And then now, you know, you're, you're the, the engine, the, the train that just keeps going. You, you went through the first round of the playoffs one, you went through the second round of the playoffs and one. Now I think you might have that momentum. And what scares me a little bit in this mashup is you have pieces to replace you know, given anything that happens. For example, you have Rashad Penny, who did well last week, who you didn't start, um, but now you can start. You have Amon St. Brown, who you didn't start last week, but can start this week. You have a bunch of, maybe spoil of riches is maybe too loose of a term, but you have the pieces in which any given player on any given day can go off, which is kind of a scary aspect where in my lineup, I pretty much know who I'm going to start every week. They might get me the consistency of points and that balance that I was saying, but your team is any given player can go off and you can play the matchups and you can play whatever is going on, um, you know, from a motivation and, and I guess hotness standpoint, you know, that give the, give the hot hand the ball. But that's what kind of scares me is that your boom potential is more than, uh, than mine. I think. What's scary is that we've never seen the ceiling, so we don't know how high it can go. We saw the ceiling last week, and they were all on my bench. <laughs> Carnegie also is notorious for reserving bench spots for handcuffs. I Owning handcuffs is the simplest and most important thing in all of fantasy. I would not be here if I didn't own Alexander Madison. It's it's that simple. It, like I, I mean, just you, don't. You, you ended up beating both of them, which isn't well, something that always happens in a season. You ended I don't, up beating both of them. It's like we, we have we have enough bench spots. Like I, I don't understand why people just don't don't do it. Like it, it, if if your running back doesn't have a clear cut handcuff, I get it. Don't just like own a backup running back on the team. But there's a couple of running backs out there that if you are if you if he gets hurt, you know exactly who's stepping in. You know, 
be it Ronald Jones for Leonard Fournette. You know it was going to be Jones. If Kamara goes down, it should be Ingram. If Dalvin goes down, it's Madison. If CMC goes down, it's Chuba. Like if Sanders goes down, it's Howard. It's there's there's a couple running backs out there that you just like there are you just you need to own them. <laughs> and I've stressed this so many times and people still don't do it and it baffles me every time. But it's you know, teach their own. Right? Say la vie. Yeah. Say tough acting to acting. What I oh, think tough acting to acting. Yeah. What I think came into play this week and more so than or sorry, this past week, more so than the other is the FAAB came into play this week um, and that I had the most amount of money and I saw who was around me between the two of you guys and Aaron and said, oh, I can go out and pick up my handcuff and it's not going to cost me my full well, fab budget. The one and, thing I'll say there before you continue is Justin Jackson wasn't always the Eckler handcuff because everybody. So like it makes sense that you didn't own him because there was a good amount of time this season where it looked like Roundtree was the handcuff. So like that's an example where. You know, it worked out well for you because of the timing with FAAB, but like, I don't fault you for not owning Justin Jackson. No, no, not in that aspect. But I'm saying, like, that's why, you know, I saved money for this week was that I saw who was going to go in the playoffs. And I said, okay, if someone goes down, especially this year with COVID, where people can just go out in an instant and you don't know their vaccination status, that you can just be like, all right, well, I got at least 80 bucks in fab. I'm going to go and I see the next best person. I think it, I think it was Aaron with 34 in fab. I'm just going to put 35 on Justin Jackson. I'm going to put 35 on, uh, you know, Ronald Jones. And you know what the thing is? Like, just because I don't start them, like I didn't start Justin Jackson, didn't matter, but he outscored everybody on Nobody my team. else had him. That's what yeah, matters. Exactly. The best, sometimes the best offense is, the be- is a good defense. And just because you guys didn't have him and I wasn't going to start him means that he just sat on the bench and didn't score points for everybody. Is, and that's that's why I saved money for that. That is 100% why I spent all of my remaining $60 on Rashad Penny because no matter what happened, I was not letting Aaron get him because Aaron was forced to start Tony Pollard, who is a backup running back this week because of poor roster management on his part with running backs. So um, that's it's strategy. You're, you're muted, Schneider. Tony Pollard being a running back, backup running back really showed this week. Yeah. And de- every every running back on a fifty-six point day. Every running back on his team, not named Aaron Jones, is a is a backup running back, and Aaron Jones is in the timeshare now. So just Portland, and it, again, it's why I've always stressed running backs are more more valuable because um, the volume is you follow the volume. Um, but yeah, so that's how these two teams got here, uh, and it is now time for our final championship bowl game of the week. Two quick shout outs before we get into the matchup. One, that is the worst intro uh, of any football songs. And I apologize you had to listen to it so many times. We will be moving on here. I'm I'm not. It's terrible. Uh, We'll see if you can do better. And then shout out, shout out number two is there is a third place uh, matchup going on that is $400. So it does not mean nothing. We'll quickly say that Yahoo points leader is projected to beat the period eaters 122 to 115. Uh, and, and that's it. But I have a feeling the period eaters will win that as we know the pan, we know the epidemic that is Aaron choking in the playoffs. Yeah. On that note, I just want to remind everybody that says, okay, like how much is on the line? 
here's going into the matchup before we say anything. Third place matchup, winner gets their money back. For those that are for Carnegie and I that's competing, first place will get $800. Second place will get double their money back or $200. So that's kind of what we're playing for. So we're prefacing that when we go through the matchup. Okay. As, as your exchequer uh, of, of the league. Uh, appreciate that quick financial update. Dylan, are you joining us for this breakdown here? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like let's to do it. Yeah, let's things. do it. We're in. Let's do it. You'll be more helpful than Schneider usually is. So, uh, I have lots of good things to say. You have lots of things to say. I have lots of good things to say. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right. Combine participant versus Hooked on Stephonics. Yahoo currently has a 120 to 110 point win for Hooked on Stephonics projected. Um, that is with some COVID and injury issues and current defense that will be swapped um, for myself. But let's get into the matchups. At QB, we have Jalen Hurts currently slated in against Washington versus Joe Burrow against Kansas City. Jalen Hurts coming off an average game, and as we've just, we've said a bunch of times, as Jalen Hurts has gotten better as a QB, he's gotten worse as a fantasy QB, and he's definitely not running as much because of the ankle injury. And Joe Burrow is coming off of the best game of his career, going against a much stingier Kansas City defense. Uh, it is it is in Cincinnati, however, and, and Kansas City still dealing with some COVID issues. So uh, this is an interesting one. I think it comes down to whether Jalen Hurts finds the end zone running. Um, but I will give it to Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow with, has has three three passing touchdowns to Jalen Hurts having you know, one passing, one rushing, and I think that's enough for Burrow. I, I, I disagree. I know that Joe Burrow is coming off the hottest game of, of his career right here, but I don't think that that's momentum that's going to carry through. This week, I think he's going to go back to what he's been doing, which is really in that 19-point range. Um, Washington, though, uh, just got him embarrassed the hell and back this past week by Dallas. And I think that's going to happen not quite to the same extent from the Eagles, but definitely a little bit. And I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be a big part of making that happen. So I'm giving this one to Hurts. Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to look at Joe Burrow's last game and say, like, this guy is just going to significantly slide. I think just if you look at Washington's defense of the last three quarterbacks that have faced the Washington defense, if you look at Dak Prescott, before he went out of the game, 330 yards, four touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 296 yards, one touchdown, uh, three and, touchdowns. and three rushing touchdowns. You look at, before that, Dak Prescott, Still had a good game against them with 211 yards. Derek Carr before that in week 13, 249. They haven't let up less than 200 yards passing since week 11 with Cam Newton, who had two touchdowns against them. I just think that overall Washington's defense is just just Swiss cheese, and Hurts is going to put up numbers, and I think that Hurts outscores Burrow in this one. Dylan? So – my thought is that Hertz probably would throw less and then also make more mistakes than Burrow does. And that's why I give the edge to Burrow. Burrow is just a safer quarterback here. So uh, I'm giving, I'm actually going to give it to Burrow here. He's going to have to throw against Kansas City to keep pace. And you know what? He's a competitor and he's got a swagger about him that I don't think he's going to want to let up knowing full well this is his playoff push. He's getting hot at the right time, and that's why I'm giving it to Burrow. Big game, Burrow. Uh, at wide Volume receiver. Volume-based quarterback, not one that I've heard before. Well, it's definitely true. I mean, Hertz does not throw the ball a lot. When he does throw, their shot plays, so that you know, it ends up kind of balancing it out. But, like, 
that that is a pass first offense in, in Cincinnati. And I think um, I think if sorry one one thing for Carnegie, um, I think before Burrow got injured last year, I think he was averaging like forty five attempts yeah. in that offense. He's per a gunslinger. Game. Yeah. yeah, so he's I think he, he's he's going to have the chance to throw it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> at wide receiver, are you, you going to consider at all um, Prescott over no. Hertz in this matchup? No, okay. I'd rather lose. No. <laughs> I'd rather lose. I will you, because you know I'm going to. If I put him in, Dak will score ten points and Hertz will score thirty. So I'd Dak rather lose. I'd Dak rather lose this year. I'd, I'd rather lose picking the Eagles player than than lose because okay. I sat the Eagles player. That's how I. That's how I'm looking at it. Dax House money, with two man. Broken ankles. House money. Dax playing with two broken vaginas. Yeah, um, I will. I will. I will throw this wrinkle into it. The only reason that I'm still keeping Russell Wilson on my lineup is because the Bengals' backup quarterback just tested positive for COVID. So if for some reason they're in the same room together and Joe Burrow happens to test positive between when we recorded this podcast and when the game goes, I have to start Russell Wilson. So. That's the only reason he's on my roster. Otherwise, it's Joe and Burrow all the way. Honestly, I heard that Joe team. Burrow makes the backup quarterback play in a different practice. <laughs> the Eagles, the Eagles just sent Gardner Minshew on a plane to like fucking Carolina or Texas or something, so he would stay the fuck away from Hurts in case one of them gets COVID. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think in this year and last year, like having two players at each position, with the exception of maybe tight end, like. It, it just makes sense. And tight end is only because there's like five tight ends that really matter uh, on a given week. Um, but at wide receiver, we have Stefan Diggs and Deontay Johnson for hooked on Stephonics going against, going up against Brandon Ayuk and Amon Ra St. Brown for combine participant. Uh, Stefan Diggs is by far and away the best wide receiver in this matchup. He's a top five wide receiver in the NFL, and he's getting a juicy matchup in Atlanta. Although I will say, AJ Terrell has been playing like a true lockdown corner this year, so it'll be interesting to see that matchup. Um, but it's in Buffalo, and I expect that to be a major, major difference maker. And I expect Devon, uh, Diggs to have one or two touchdowns here. Uh, Deontay Johnson gets a, a tough Cleveland defense, but if Deontay Johnson is anything, he is the garbage man. He gets a garbage touchdown once a week, and it's just inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, on the other side, we have a very touchdown-dependent Brandon Ayuk who always finishes with around 50 or 60 yards. It's just a matter of whether he finds the end zone. And going against the Houston team that just allowed like 3,000 yards to Justin Jackson, I imagine the rushing offense of uh, San Francisco will probably be taking the lead there. And a surprising breakout over the last three weeks here in Amon Ross St. Brown. No Jared Goff. Start Tim Boyle. No problem. Uh, St. Brown gets a pretty weak Seattle defense. Um, it is in Seattle, however, but Jared Goff coming back. So uh, I will be honest with you. We can we can discuss it as though Ayuk is playing, but there's a very good chance I don't play Ayuk. We'll discuss it like I explained because he's in right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I know that, that Ayuk is going up against Houston and St. Brown is going to come in Seattle after coming off a great week right here. And those are not strong defenses to be going three great against. weeks. Um, I, great I just – three great weeks, great. Um, great. I just Four don't great think weeks there's – I just don't think there's enough firepower on either the offense in San Francisco or Detroit to put up uh, the high numbers that they're going to need to beat somebody like Diggs and Johnson because Diggs is incredibly consistent uh, with the points that he puts up this season. Johnson, I also think, is going to find the end zone this week, and, and both of these receivers are going to score 20 points. 
Uh, I'm giving this one to Hooked on Sonics. Do you think they both scored 20 points each? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, I know I'm not as confident in Shutter on this one. I think that Diggs is consistent, and if you saw the last week's game, he is cocky as fuck. And um, one thing about Deontay Johnson is he's like Tony Soprano. He's in sanitation. He's always in the garbage time. Uh, you know, mix especially this past week where they were down so much, and then Big Ben throws a touchdown pass. I think it was like 20 yards to Deontay. So I think overall. I think I have a, a higher floor than Carnegie's players, and so I think I'll give this one to myself. Although, you know, I, I think each one could go for a touchdown. Each one could also just be a part of game script and just not be involved as much. Okay, <clears throat> I have a thought on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my hand because I'm I'm gonna in my explanation gonna pick my winner. Um, this is going to hooks on Stephonics for a reason that is. When you get to the playoffs, you shouldn't have to make decisions on your starting lineup. Now, this year's a little different where you have to have enough firepower on your bench to offset any sort of COVID-related you know, bullshit that may come up with it. However, you have to choose between everyone's being healthy, Ayuk, St. Brown, Smith, you know, even Hollywood Brown. Like You have choices to make, and you don't want to choose the wrong one. I'm not making an argument. Brown. It's just I mean, Smith and Ayuk. Well, the point is that you have to choose now. And like that could be your downfall. It could also be the reason you win. But when you get to the playoffs, I think you have to know your lineup, un- like unequivocally know your lineup. And that's why I'm giving it to Hooked on Savonics, Jason Johnson. Uh, I'm giving it to, to Hooked on Savonics with this specifically just because Stefan Diggs is the only true like wide receiver one in this matchup. So Diggs, Diggs is the safest player, and that's why I'm giving There's it to also- Diggs. There's also another reason uh, Seattle is like, this is audition time for Wilson. And it's also audition time for Pete Carroll. Cause if they go out there and get their like, you know, asses beat in, they both lose their, you know, Russell leaves, Carroll gets fired and that's the end of it. So like you kind of are thinking that they may have a little bit of pride here. That's great. But Russell Wilson doesn't play cornerback. So I'm not so worried about Russell Wilson does. And if Russell Wilson goes off, that means Detroit has to throw the ball. So, please, I welcome it. Um, all right. So, at running back, we have uh, currently slated in Rashad Penny. However, if DeAndre Swift does play, he will play. Um, and then Dalvin Cook. Uh, again, if Dalvin doesn't play, it's Alexander Madison. At this point, I think they're interchangeable. Um, we'll just say Vikings running back. Uh, for combine participant going against Najee Harris and a return from the COVID list, Austin Eckler. Uh, Najee and and uh, Eckler both getting tougher matchups, I would say, on paper here between with Cleveland and Denver. Denver's uh, run defense does a pretty good job every every week, um, but Eckler usually finds the end zone, and then Najee same same kind of story. And I think as the Steelers will probably re- learn from their the mistakes last week and realize that Ben is not the guy to lean on in the offense dalvin gets dalvin or, or madison gets uh, green bay defense who has not been so good lately um and dalvin has really really good numbers against green bay specifically if he plays and then rashad penny gets a, a not so good detroit defense so the matchups wise i think it favors comp- combine participant here but talent wise i think you're worried about the rb2 situation here for combine participant i think you'd say 
two top 10 running backs for hooked on Stephonics, and then you have a top three running back for combine, but then maybe a 10 to 15 running back. So I'll give it, I'll give it to the two tens with hooked on Stephonics. Maybe if we were seeing a fully healthy running back lineup from combine participant, I could give it to them. Rashad, Rashad Penny is a great pickup given the circumstances. He's not a talent that you really want to be carrying your team. Um, you've got Najee and you've got Eckler on the other side. Eckler is RB2. Uh, at this point, with who's left in um, contention, he's RB1. Uh, and Najee uh, is probably RB2, all things considered, with whoever's left in the mix here. Uh, I think you have to get this one to hook on Stephonics. Maybe points-wise, but you're, 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 Dalvin Cook is the best running back left in the in the league, assuming he plays. If we're being honest, points-wise, points-wise, absolutely. Yes, yeah. if we're being honest with it, like Dalvin is the most like talented who is the most talented back. athlete of all these people? No, who is it's the best? Who Dalvin is the best Cook. running back in this matchup? It's Dalvin Cook if he plays. It might not be fantasy-wise. I'm just saying, Dalvin is the consensus number one, number two pick in the draft for a reason. Yeah, and I I agree with that. He, I think he also didn't play a lot. Sorry. Yeah, no, I I think. If you look at my side of this, the Chargers just got embarrassed last week. And so I think they're going to come out hot. I think Eckler is a big part of that. I think he's great in the reception dump off kind of game. I think Najee is disappointed over the last five weeks. And I think that the 16.15 point projection that Yahoo has, we talked about Yahoo projections. I don't think he gets that. I think he gets close to that. Uh, maybe he gets 10 points and he gets 12 points. I don't think he gets that. So really I'm leaning on Eckler to kind of fill the gap, which he's done well this year, but I don't think he, he, you know, fills the gap. I think Dalvin cook is, as you said, the best running back in this matchup of the four core. Um, and I think that if Swift plays, he's instantly better than Rashad Penny he can get you 15 points a game, maybe more. I think if Rashad Penny pay, plays, He's done well recently the last couple of weeks and gets a butter defense in Detroit. I give it to combine participants in which this, I guess, um, twosome, I guess this position that you have here is what's going to make this matchup closer than the projection C. I might, I might be favored in wide receiver. I might be favored in quarterback according to you guys, maybe even flex, whatever it is. This is what's going to make up the points in the actual matchup itself. And so I think I give it to combine participants. Yes, it is combine participant. Um, Dalvin Cook gets a, a great, a great situation uh, for Green Bay. And I think that Seattle is going to use Penny uh, in a big way. Um, I'm nervous about this Pittsburgh-Cleveland game because where Najee Harris ends up doing really, really well is when he gets used in the passing game, and Big Ben is terrible. Additionally, you got a Monday night matchup, and you also have a divisional matchup here. So for all of those reasons, it makes it very, very challenging for you to rely on the Pittsburgh offense, and you have to do it twice. So if it's Harris, it's not Johnson, and if it's Johnson, it's not Harris. And for that reason, I, I just don't think I can lean on that. While Eckler might be able to make up the difference of the projections, I don't think he can make up the difference for Cook and Penny as well. And that's why to, I'm giving it to combine participants. Big Ben's not terrible. Big Stop it, he's terrible. Old. Big Ben's terrible. Just See, but different. That's retirement age. To, to, to your point, to your guys' point, would you sit either of these players? 
No, no, you can't. Exactly, exactly. You can't sit either of them, so I have to play both of them. And so that's that's. It may not be. I know we're comparing maybe just matchups and positions, but you have to look at it maybe as a lineup holistic perspective where I can't sit either of them. So I have to, no matter what Big Ben does, I'm relying on him. You know? Yeah, that sucks. That's why I'm saying it sucks. And that's why I gave it to the other side. Yeah. I think important. You don't, you don't have to. Eat. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that you don't have to. Eat. No, There's I was no... going to say that. No, I was going to say that. Uh... <laughs> Boom. Tough acting to acting. All right. To reset the room. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> Ever. Well, hold on. I, I think important to call out that Dalvin Cook is not vaccinated. So new protocols means he might test out before the game. But as of right now, still on the COVID list. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I think Madison has proven to be a, a RB1 when he plays, but not Dalvin Cook. Um, at tight end, we have the best friends slash bitter rivals here in Zach Ertz now on the Cardinals versus his former teammate, Dallas Goddard. Um, the only Dallas that I won't say fuck Dallas to. Um, for, I would say right now, <clears throat> you got Ertz going against a Dallas defense, which has been very good this year. Um, uh, just kind of overall, and yet Goddard, who uh, has is is up and down in his involvement in the in every game, you know, in the passing game. Um, but with with Sanders out, with Howard out, you expect them to be passing a little bit more. And the, and a, again, as Shanefeld mentioned, a very bad Washington defense. Um, this I think this one's a push for me. I think it comes down to if either of them find the end zone, they they get the similar target share, um, especially with with Hopkins going down, <clears throat> with AJ Green being a terrible wide receiver all of a sudden, uh, Rondell Moore being hurt in Arizona. There's there's mo- there's less mouths to feed for Ertz, so I, I expect you know six or seven targets to be right around there, and I expect Goddard to be around the same. So I think it comes it's a push, and it comes down to who gets the touchdown. I called a good but not great day from the Eagles against the football team earlier, and I'm going to stick with that and say that Goddard uh, becomes a part of making that happen. So I'm giving this one to Hooked on Stephanos. Yeah, I think this is probably the closest matchup that we have. I mean, Dallas Goddard, who has been, I think, targeted more than the average tight end lately, but he's had a couple drops in the last two games. Um, And I think that adds into it. They keep going back to him, but – Drops don't count for any points. So I think it, like you said, Carnegie and Shunner, I think it's going to come down to the touchdowns. The only thing that I hang my hat on when the Schultz Goddard decision comes into play is that, I mean, Washington's defense has just allowed a good amount of points to tight ends. And you looked at it with, um, you know, the last time the Eagles played Washington, which is only two weeks ago, Goddard had. I mean, I know it was Gardner Minshew, but didn't he have two touchdowns in that game? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think you look at that and different quarterback, yes, but let's hopefully we have the same results. So I I give it to to Goddard on this one. So Ertz knows Dallas's setup, and he's always shined against uh, that opponent. And Arizona needs him to play for them to continue playoff hopes. Uh, Furthermore, I, if if Goddard's to do well, it means Hertz has to do well. Um, so it's kind of like an equalizer, and it becomes a push. And therefore, I don't know if it actually gives you any sort of competitive advantage here. Uh, I also am looking down at Dalton Schultz, who consistently 
gets more targets, like to two to three more targets per game on average, roughly, than Goddard. Additionally, Goddard has a little bit of a drop problem right this second. Uh, now, if you're going to ask me to pick between a Philadelphia tight end and a Dallas tight end, I'm going to pick the Philadelphia tight end. We're not going to ask you to pick between any of his bench players because that's not how we do it. You're going to talk about uh, the starting lineup. We don't do, we don't do lineup even watch the show. We don't do lineup this year, man. I don't do I don't I don't watch the show. I sit in the back and play my phone most of the time. Uh, all right, fine. We're gonna pick between Goddard and Ertz. Uh, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Ertz at Dallas because he's going to need to be involved for Arizona to stay competitive. Uh, all right. Uh, at Flex, we'll start with Hooked on Stephonics, currently slated in Ronald Jones. Other options on the bench include uh, could start Dalton Schultz and he could start AJ Green. I don't believe Jordan Howard is going to play. Um, but if he does with Miles Sanders out, you could definitely start Jordan Howard. Also, I think very clearly though, Ronald Jones is the is the lead back in Tampa. He is going to be competing with Keyshawn Vaughn, but uh, you know, other than the 55 yard run that just kind of opened up for him, he didn't do so much. So I think Ronald Jones is the easy. It's again, it's me. I always go running back. Ronald Jones has the safest floor of all of them, so that's who I'm going with. And AJ Green just fucking sucks at football all of a sudden. Dude looks lost. Um, no, I, I, um, Ronald Jones has been a great pickup for this team. He has stepped up in the late season as an RB1. I think that production is going to continue, and he's the clear choice for the flex for this team. Stepped yeah, up I, in the whole one week he was owned. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's a, that's a strong sure trend. <laughs> Much like my curse on Will, yes. that's a sure trend that will continue. Yes. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, like, Justin Jackson is not going to have as big of a role because Eckler's back in. I'm just keeping him in just in case something happens. Um, I'm not going to play, you know, anybody else. I think that Ronald Jones has this job because Fournette's on IR. I, I think that, you know, as barring any kind of fumbles, which he's had problems with in the past, I think this is, you know, Ronald Jones all the way. And... I think I think I have the slight edge just based on production and opportunity for for our Rojo. Yeah, Ronald Jones is uh, is the favorite of every available option on both teams. Um, I, I'm curious to see if uh, because um, Brown is back for uh, for Tampa, does that eliminate possible touches for the run game? I don't know, but I still think that Ronald Jones, regardless, will be the the pick. Who's that? Brown? Yeah, Antonio Brown was take. Oh, Antonio! I, I don't think I've ever heard Antonio Brown be referred to as 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 Brown before. I was <laughs> I was trying to think who Brown was. Well, you have now. Yes. All right. Um, so consensus Rojo currently slated in for flex for combine participant is Javante Williams, who is the most frustrating player in fantasy because he would be probably the number two or three running back in the league this year if Melvin Gordon would just go the fuck away. Um, but he won't, and he's still there. Um, he does get a Chargers team that just allowed 100 rushing yards to Rex Burkhead. Uh, other options include Devontae Smith coming off a nice week. Uh, the combination of the Denver or Detroit running back of who it starts between Swift and, and Jamal Williams uh, and Hollywood Brown. Uh, and I guess you could throw in Craig Reynolds if something happens to Swift and Williams, but uh, I don't think I'll be starting Craig Reynolds as much as I love him. Uh, so I think it's really Javante Smith, 
for Swift here because Hollywood Brown has been has been bad and you know no Lamar. So um, you guys can you guys can discuss first. I'll go last. I think I think Javante Williams is in a tough position because I know it's not his technically his first year in Denver, but this is a revenge game. It is his and, first year in Denver. I'm sorry. No, wasn't he in Denver last year? Nope, he's a rookie. No, I'm saying Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's first year. Oh, you said Javante Williams. Sorry. Gotcha. Right. I said I said this is tough for Javante Williams because because Melvin of Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Got it. Yeah, you did not is, say Melvin Gordon. Sorry. Before. Sorry. Okay. This, got it. This now. is this is Melvin Gordon's revenge game against the Chargers, and even though it's not his first year in Denver, Melvin Gordon I think has a more pronounced role in this game than Javante Williams, which is tough for you. Um, and so I think overall. Yeah, if Swift plays, you, you put him in the flex, and that clearly jumps Rojo. But I think over if not, then yeah, Javante Williams is going to have tough sledding. This is so tough, and this is exactly why I'm still picking the hooked on Stephonics holistically because you have to make these tough decisions. And the fact that it just means I have more Ronald depth. Jones, that's fine, but you can only start who you can start. It's not like you can sub them out in the middle of the game. Uh, so for that reason, I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe you stack Smith in like a long reach. Like if you really if you think that you stack up like very closely, then you go with the running back. But if you think that you're gonna need to reach here and you're a double down, maybe you live and die by the Hertz Devonta Smith stack. That's kind of my thought here. Cause if you have to if you have to make up 10 to 15 points of projected difference, maybe you have to do that. I'm not that happy about this decision at all. The uh, fact you have to make a decision. That we're picking, no, it's just with the options that we're picking from, I'm not like, all right, I feel good about having made this choice. Uh, I, I feel like Williams is the highest floor of anybody that's in the conversation here. And, and I would lean on that as my decision. So I, I don't think that the flex is going to be a game winner in any way, but if they can hit their floor, that would this make This isn't the time so to hold back. I wanna, that's, I, there's there's anything to win this game with you know like you want to win this game with Dalvin Cook you want to win this game with Jalen Hurts you want to win this game with Amon Ross St. Brown you don't want to win this game with your flex position in this in this area right wait here. you're you're really gonna put Amon St. Brown who is is only two weeks of having production four weeks over okay four weeks of having production in a row over a clear number one in a better offense I don't feel good about anything on this team <laughs> What I'm saying is that if this team the, is going to win. The difference there, Dylan, is that while Smith is in a better offense, it's a rushing offense, and there are other options between Goddard and Quez and dump-offs to Rager and the running back, whereas if you could name another wide receiver in Detroit right now, I'd be very shocked. Or, or tight end, because Hawkinson's out. Talk, so, well, talk about – I mean, talk about also. So that means that St. Brown should be the only person that the defense should be worried about. Number one and number two, they have their backup quarterback playing. Like I, I don't know, I don't uh, love. I don't playing. Oh, he's back. Yeah, and Tim Boyle played last week. He had twenty-one points against the better defense. But yeah, that's not the point. We're not. We're talking about the flex here. Javante uh, Williams is currently in there for my flex. If Swift plays, Swift will be my flex, and it's not even a conversation. The conversation becomes Rashad Penny versus Javante Williams for me. Um, but I think it's it's either it's Swift if Swift plays. So, and Javante Javante is very touchdown dependent, as we learned last week. He had 12 yards and a touchdown. Um, all right, so that's the flex. We will skip kicker. 
uh, and we can talk defense for now. Kansas City going up against a very hot Cincinnati team. Kansas City's defense has been on fire this season since they were like the worst defense in the league for like the first five weeks. And now they've just been consistent turning the ball over. I think they turned Ben over four times uh, last year or last last week. Jesus. Um, and then on the other side, you have Miami, who is a really, really good defense, really coming into their own with a lot of young studs emerging going against a Tennessee defense that has or Tennessee offense that has been has been really struggling since Derrick Henry went out. I saw something that said they had 23 touchdowns. Uh, he went he went around like around halfway through the season. He had 23 touchdowns uh, total, but with him and then like 12 without him. So clearly they need Derrick Henry and they do not have him. So. I think the advantage here goes to Miami just because Tennessee's offense is worse than Cincinnati's and both, both being on the road. Like I would have maybe trended towards the home team, but both of these defenses are on the road. Much like the semifinals of our league playoffs. I think that most of the talent is on one side here. I think that the Kansas city defense is better, but is playing against a better Cincinnati offense, at least one that's coming off some momentum. Uh, I think the Miami defense is right now worse than Kansas City, even after a hot week last week. Uh, I think they're playing a worse Tennessee offense. But uh, with all that, uh, I would choose a poopy offense over everything. So I'm picking Miami. I think that overall, Tennessee has not their top weapon, but their second weapon, and A.J. Brown back. And he just lit up everybody last week. And I think he continues to light up everybody this week, including the Miami defense. He's going to face a tough secondary, but I think it's going to be close. I think like if you play Kansas city, which you've already said you might switch out. If you play Kansas city, they'll get like seven points and Miami will get like five points. It'll be close, but I think you, I think Kansas city takes this just given that they're red hot on turnover city. Um, all right. So my thought here is that Miami averages better than Kansas city all season long. And I think they're proving that they're a really young, good team. Um, so for that reason, I think I'm going to lean Miami. I'm also on to you, Shane Fell, cause I think you're doing the reverse, you know, yips thing on yourself. You've, you've now made the argument for Carnegie's team more over than yours. And I think that you're blind to, your own your own stuff here. So I think you're putting the reverse yips on yourself. And uh, I'm still picking Miami. I think overall, what did I choose? I chose Carnegie for quarterback. I chose Carnegie for running back. And I chose Carnegie for defense. And I chose myself for wide receiver. I chose myself for flex. And I chose myself for tight end. So I'm I'm even Steven. So we're, we're in the overall portion of the, the game analysis right here. What, what do you think? What's the bottom line? Who's going to win? What's the score? I think personally, Carnegie's running backs are going to make up the points for the rest of it. It's going to be close. I think what are the projections at? It's at 120 me, 110 Carnegie. I think it's going to be closer than that. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be 113 to 107, me over Carnegie. 113 to 107. It's a close game. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be closer than projections. I think that inevitably my running backs are going to let down, but my wide receivers could carry and could happen. Same thing for Carnegie. Amon Ron St. Brown goes off compared to his projections, but maybe his flex does not play as well depending on what he starts. I, I think overall – it's going to be closer than projections, and I think I'm going to sweat it going into Monday night where I need like 20 points or 20 to 23 points from Najee and Deontay, and I get like 25 or 28. Okay. Picking himself to win. That's bold. That's not a good, good podcast <laughs> etiquette. It's pretty poor podcast etiquette. That's how you lose. Uh, I think I think when we look at these teams, um, you look at hooked on Stephanos, wide receiver, advantage, running back, advantage, tight end, advantage, flex, advantage, defense, advantage, but fantasy voodoo, advantage <laughs> combine participant, and that's the most important player that there is. The, the mistress of fate is on Carnegie's team throughout the entirety of this season. Uh, and even though I picked Schoenfeld in pretty much every singular category, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And I'm picking combine participant um, 104 to 91. Uh, wow, a low-scoring championship here. Dylan cannot talk at the moment. He is picking Schoenfeld. No score prediction, just going Schoenfeld. Uh, I'm just going to – I mean, we played 16 weeks – we're on seventh week 17 here and you know, Shane Feld's had the same roster pretty much the whole way through with the exception of a change of quarterback and some flip-flopping and tight ends. So he's averaged 117 points based on Yahoo. And I'm going to give him the 117 points here. I think he hits his average um, too much talent across the board to have a, a low week. Um, but as we talked about, maybe not the most, boomy team just just very safe and i think 117 is a is a very very good week um and i'm gonna go the same way here i've i've had a ton of turnover we've talked about how i have too many options i'm gonna pick the wrong ones uh as i always do i left 40 points on the bench last week i expect to do something similar this week um and i'm gonna play my my average score here is 98 points per week so i'm gonna say the final score is 117 to 98 a nice easy win for shanfeld going into sunday i think he's got a 100 to 98 point lead already and the game is over so um that's my prediction here we have three on shanfeld and schneider on team voodoo i won't actually say he's picking me i think he's just picking against shanfeld carnegie out of care no i'm picking you because you've done it to so many teams before (laughs) It's, it's not just Shanfeld and the curse that he's put on himself. It's everything that you've somehow managed to do throughout the season. Without scoring a damn point this whole season, you've managed to pull out the wins that you need. And I think that that, that isn't something that just stops. This is so, the most impressive per- fantasy performance I've had in my entire fantasy career here. So, Carnegie, maybe the thought has crossed your mind, maybe not. If you win, what are you going to do with the money? Last time I won, I bought new tires. So That's so lame. That's the worst thing. Loser, loser. Uh, if I win, I will probably. I said last time. I didn't say. Go this to Disney time. World, dude. I, I don't leave my fucking house. I just had to cancel a trip. You think I'm going on another trip? 
to Disney World? Why, if you won eight hundred dollars, and yeah. Realistically, I'm gonna donate all of it to one eight hundred e a e r a n s u x. That's that's good. They need it. They've never had a championship <laughs> prize come home. So, uh, it look, would be nice as soon as know what that feels like. You're not married yet. You don't get it. Here's how it works. When that eight hundred dollars hits my Venmo, it is not my money. It is Nikki's money. So what? And Nikki, ask her. I don't. I do not believe that Nikki spent your money on tires. Well, this was before. This was three or four years ago, where we were married. She was so mad at me. She was so excited when I was like, I think it was six hundred at the time. I was like, I'm winning six hundred bucks because I won fantasy, and she's like, Awesome. What are you gonna spend? Like, what? What are you gonna buy me? We're like, When are we gonna go to dinner? And I was like, oh, I'm buying new tires. Yeah, no, that was, was none of that was Nikki's choice. That was probably she a was very, very much against Nikki's choice. So don't no, say, no, oh, no. that's not was wasn't my money. That clearly well, wasn't. Well, we weren't money. I wasn't married then. Now we're married, so now it's her money. So now I feel like it's more now I feel like it's money. better to spend it on tires because it's a purchase for the family, you know? Before it's just like, no, I I just I'm gonna like, oh thanks for the five hundred dollar birthday check, grandma. I'm gonna use it to pay my rent. Nah, yeah, I'll probably use it to buy furniture because we're still missing furniture. It's, it. uh, Nikki's choice is always better than Sophie's choice. And I think that overall, <laughs> what was that? I had to throw Boom. tough acting to acting. Uh, Sophie's choice was tough acting. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when you said Nikki's choice. I was like, that sounds like the movie Sophie's choice. Have you seen um, the movie Sophie's choice? Yeah. Oh yeah, I have. Um, but anyway, it's similar to Carnegie, my money that I win is not necessarily going to me. It is going to my honeymoon. I already told Christy that if I win, I just want my money back and then any money can be spent on our honeymoon. And she's like, oh, great. So we can upgrade a room or we can have a nice like two or three nights of dinner or whatever in London. And I just go, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever you want to spend it on, like, just go ahead. So just know, Shander, that when you voted against me for winning, you voted against Christy. I'm so, so sorry that I voted you into coach. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lose sleep over how I, I willed you into flying coach. Can I, can I ask what the purpose of that was? Like, if you voted against me, you vote against Nikki. Like, what? <laughs> No, 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 he said he voted funny. against Christy. He voted against yeah. Christy. Enjoy. Yeah, so I'm minute. saying I could say the same thing. We need furniture. Yeah, but like you didn't say it, so I did. So yeah, I know. I'm just saying I don't know what that to do with anything. You're trying to make us feel bad. Uh, all right, I'll pull all my starting lineup out so you can get your your honeymoon. Congrats. Let me know what a honeymoon feels like. Thank you. I will. And thank you. And Christy, thanks you. And I'm sure that realistically, it's just so you pass Aaron and Yahoo points. That's all that oh. matters. I so hope great. I hope that you lose this week. You can't be upgraded to first class for your flight, <laughs> and the TV on the back of the headrest in front of you doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. This for, is like the seven-hour flight. <laughs> this is like the chance thing that I sent when you when you. Were, I hope your battery dies on your tablet. All right, your Bluetooth if, headphones can't connect. If if you, I hope win, your cousin's in the room the whole I time. I hope the cheeses you get served are already crushed. If you boom, tough acting to acting. If you win and you get upgraded to first class and it's just the worst first class experience of all time, in your head, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, I'm coming in last place next year. No, 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 that's that's, that's how it's going to manifest. That's how it's, it's going to manifest. be like, that's oh, shit, gonna, it starts. Yeah, uh, that's going to be that's going to be additional voodoo that Schneider just throws on on the fire. Just another log on the fire. It's all one voodoo. I mean, Your look at Will. Does not stop pins and needles the whole way until you come in twelfth place. You better hope it happens next look, year. Look at Will. Will's a Giants fan. He suffers every day because of Schneider. Look what Which he's is, done. 
to compare apples and oranges to Will having a one touchdown to, to seal a punishment for me, just blowing out Schneider in a semifinal. Like, I think that's just totally different. Realistically, it was the it's way different. you went about doing it. <laughs> yeah, because it was so different. It was he doesn't so like that you wait till after the game to talk shit, Shanefeld. Yeah, you have nothing to say except for all how compliments good I'm doing. And, and, have, and, and good games and good matchups. And then all of a sudden, you come in with a prepared statement about how <laughs> Schneider was bad. You're, on the you're podcast. dead silent, no After. confidence. I'm, all I'm going to do is lose. Then he comes in with a monologue about how you're always going to win the whole time. Absolutely not. You can't have that. Absolutely not. To to aptly name it for the period eaters, it was the worst of times, and it was the worst of times, and that that say, is the. You could say the blood was flowing for the period eaters this year. Yeah, the blood so. ruined Eric Bleck's couch. Oh God. Uh, on that on note, note. <laughs> Shanefeld, good luck to you. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, you've really, you really earned your way here. Uh, and again, I just want to remind our, our two listeners out there: we are really looking for donations. Um, choking really is a serious issue. I don't know why my co-host is laughing so hard right now. It it affects one out of every twelve people. It affects one out of every 12 people every year, um, and they happen to just have the initials EB most of the time. Um, you know, it's closely associated with ED, actually, for that for that reason. So, again, I want to remind you, 1-800-E-R-A-N-S-U-X. Please donate and try and help a choker in need today. Say peace out. Peace out. situation unless they're going to try and draw him offside i think they cannot go for it here emmett smith's a deep back Emmett smith gets the carry he doesn't make it no that's a bad call you can't do that that's, look at the eagles they know that call could have won the eagles this game their field goal range right now and now and then all they have to do is run that clock down They're saying maybe the two-minute warning ran out. No, I don't think so. That ball was snapped before, and you can't stop the play in the middle of the play for the two-minute warning. No, that's that's the Eagles' ball. The Eagles stopped them at their ball. Barry Switzer is saying the two-minute warning. Barry Switzer ought to be saying that he shouldn't have called that play. question he didn't get the first down he's nowhere no, he close. didn't get it that's that's great defense the eagles were all up there there is nothing there now let's see the all cowboys the... offensive unit still on the field well, maybe they're saying that the two minutes watch the official on the far no side down. of the field he is signaling no play. You're right. You're right. They did say the two minutes came up before the ball was snapped. Official here. He's going to 